what's your everyday life like when you're a medium? Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio, where we inspire you to remember your magnificence. Join the conversation on our live streams. Head on over to Angel Heart Radio on Facebook. And there's even more for you on angellight777.com. And welcome to today's show. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. I'm your host, Beth, and we have a great show today. We've got a wonderful guest, Barry Gray, a spiritualist medium here today. And he, Barry's going to be sharing with us what's it like, what's your everyday life like when you're a medium? Uh, and so um, it, it varies, I'm sure it has lots of stories to tell and interesting stories about what it's like, but also people can have a certain idea of how they think someone's life would be being a medium. So Barry's going to give us lots of um, stories, I'm sure. So a um, so little bit about Barry's background. Like Barry grew up normal child like everyone else, but there was something a little bit different because Barry sort of knew he was never alone and could hear these voices coming out of nowhere. And um, so it wasn't until he first went, I think, to a, a spiritualist church and he was sort of given certain information that really started a big change in his life and then going on to um, doing uh, circle work, which is very, I know, it's, it's quite a big learning curve. So um a lot of learning Barry has had it over time, but but we'll also hear about his everyday life. So welcome Barry to the show. It's so great to hey, have you. Hello. Hey, thanks for that. How are you? Good, good. Cool. So what you know, I believe all children are actually psychic and we we don't really talk to them enough about what they're seeing, or a lot of parents may not believe what they're seeing. So what was your first conscious memory of hearing or knowing these uh, people or those in spirit were around you and talking to you. Yeah, and you're right. I think when we're when we're children, we often have experiences and we get told it's imagination and just ignore it, it'll go away. So I guess for many of us or many people, it, that's what they did. You know, it's um, they would hear a voice or they'd see someone standing at the bottom of the bed and they would you know, be told my mum or dad, oh, just you were dreaming it or you imagine it, just, just don't worry about it, it'll be fine, it won't hurt you, it'll just go away. So I guess from an early age for me, um, it was much stronger than that because I, I can remember from the age of, I don't know, maybe six, six years, something like that, I, I was hearing lots of voices quite often, you know, and, and I think that the funny thing was my elder brother was also doing the same thing, but he, and he told mum and dad one day that he was hearing voices. So they carried him off to the doctors and they ended up putting him on medication. So that shut him down. So, I, yeah, you know, so I'm thinking, well, I know what I'm getting is real. So I didn't say anything because for me, it was like as clear as I'm talking to you, you know, I could be walking along the street, I'd be at school, in the house, wherever it was, I'd hear these voices would just start to talk or, my name would be called quite loudly from nowhere. And it would make me jump quite often because I, I couldn't see anybody. And I'm like, well, where the hell is that coming from? You know, because I couldn't see anybody. And they, and it just sort of, um, it's always part of my everyday life, I guess. You know, I could walk down the street and it's almost as if I was hearing people's thoughts as well, but there was nobody there, that kind of feeling. Right. That's okay. a really strange thing to kind of explain to people that, that have never experienced it themselves, you know. But, but when yeah, you speak yeah. to... 
And I guess when you speak to people, they, a lot of them would go back to their childhood and remember they also had similar experiences, but were told it's their imagination. So just to ignore it, you know. So, but for me, um, when we lived in a house in um, East London, there was a lot of that spiritual activity there. So we couldn't dismiss all these things that were happening. <laughs> so when I was hearing all these kind of weird and wonderful voices, you know, to me, it all kind of fitted in with that. But there wasn't really anybody around to explain, I guess, what it was all about. So for me, like I said, I just, it just became an everyday thing and I just kind of got used to living with it, I guess. You know? Yeah, so <laughs> your parents really weren't particularly spiritual or anything like that? They are just no, everyday? No, no, they weren't, no, they weren't spiritual. Or they, they wasn't spiritually aware for a while anyway. And also, you know, like we're certainly not a religious family in any way, shape or form either. But I guess what changed it for mum and dad was that when we lived in um, East London, we moved into a brand new council house and it was a big house because like, there's a lot of us kids there. And the day we moved into the house, there was a lot of act spiritual activity going on there, you know, and things were getting pretty sort of out of hand and all that sort of thing. And, you know, we were all seeing things in the house, things were moving and, you know, and it was kind of a bit strange at first. So uh, mum and dad first get saying, oh, it's your imagination and, and everything else, you know, and we were all waking up in the morning, coming downstairs for breakfast and saying, oh, this is what happened last night. I saw this man at the bottom of the bed and somebody else saw an American Indian in their room and all this kind of stuff in the house. You know, so mum and dad were kind of thinking, oh, we've got a crazy family here. What have we done sort of thing? Because they didn't know what else to think at the time. Yeah, you know, things started to happen. So um, we got a medium in and we didn't know any store neighbour was actually a medium at the time. And I was only about seven or eight then. So we didn't really know much about it. And he came in and... Um, he, he brought another spirit into the house to help look after us, the spirit of a nun into the house to look after us. You know, so all these kind of things were happening in the house and, and mum and dad then couldn't disbelieve anymore, you know, because <laughs> it was in front of them, you know, day and night really. You know, we'd have neighbours coming into the house and thinking, oh, you know, what's all this we hear about going on in your house? And, you know, we think we're a load of crackpots, so we want to come in. So neighbours would come in and all this kind of stuff would start to happen during the day and night time and they'd all leave the house quicker than they came in you know because it spooked them out sort of thing oh, no. you know so, so from an early age like that we've always been aware of it but never really understood it until that stuff started to happen was it hard for your parents to admit that there was something really going on yeah look I think so you know we come from a, a working class background you know dad went to work mum stayed at home and, and it was kind of the attitude that that that's what life was there was nothing else really it was just just life and we just got on with it, you know. So when things did start to happen, you know, my mum tried to sit down and, and talk to my older sisters and say to me, like, just tell me it's your imagination because I know it's not real and that. And my sister said, no, it's real. I've seen it. You know, it's in my bedroom. I've seen what's going on. So, it's you know, it's so real sort of thing. Then then they started to understand and realise that there was more going on than we actually realised. And, you know, and we realised that it was obviously spirit coming through from you know, from wherever yes, to yes. be around us all the time, you know, but there's quite a twist to that story with what went on in the house sort of thing, you know, because the house was built on a, a school that got hit during the war. And the, oh. yeah, there was a lot of, um, I think there was a mix up with um, the council or the local government sent all these families to this school. And there was about 600 people with kids, um, adults and pets as well, because they were going to take them into the countryside away from all the bombing. And they got sent to this school and the buses got sent to the wrong place. There was a mix-up with Canyon Town and Camden Town. So the buses went to the wrong place. And in the meantime, the school got bombed with all these people in it. It got flattened, you know, sort of thing. There's actually a story about it. So the house was actually built on that site. 
you know. So obviously it was quite a kind of a portal or something sort of thing, you know. So things started happening in the house, and and the twist of the story was that my dad had a um, a, a great aunt and uncle and a couple of um, kids that got killed in that school as well, but we didn't know at the time until recently when we done some research. So, you know, it's quite a fascinating thing when you look at it, you know. So mm. that's why things happened at that time in the house. So. And when it comes to us experiencing things, it kind of happened before that, but that kind of exaggerated it, I guess, you know, with all those things that were happening. It, um, you know, obviously had to have changed your parents' view of things in life in general. And um, obviously even the people in your street, I mean, they yeah. all knew you. And yeah. so it, it obviously had a great change. It would have had to have affected everyone oh, else. Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, like I said, the, the, um, I think they thought we were a load of crackpots down the street because all this stuff was happening, you know, and we're all quite kind of close to the neighbours because we were there and we used to talk, as kids, we would talk about things that were happening to our friends and stuff and they'd go home and tell their parents and all that. So they would all come in, you know, all being brave and thinking, oh, it's a load of old rubbish, this doesn't exist. And then they would see all this stuff going on, they would hear things happening. So straight away they would start to think, oh, yeah, maybe it is real, you know, and things like that. So so obviously it changed mum and dad's opinion because they started to realise that, you know, there is more to us than we, you know, to life and all this spiritual activity going on. It has to be a reason for it or it has to come from somewhere, you know. So. Yes. So even going to school, you would have, um, obviously they would have followed you. You would have seen them at school and so forth. How did yeah. you handle that? Yeah. Oh, again, like, because I was a kid, you know, like I, I would just think, oh, it's, because sometimes what I was thinking was that oh, if I ever saw spirit kind of physically clearly at that time, I wouldn't have known if it was a living person or not, only by what I felt, you know, because there, there, was, there was just two occasions when I saw them physically and they were solid, like solid to me. So to me, it looked like someone that was still alive sort of thing in the physical world. So I wouldn't have taken much notice of them, to be honest, in that way. And, mm-hmm. and I guess when I, and, um, when I go to school, where, like I would sit there in assembly, you know, and I'd hear voices going on around still being in my mind and that kind of stuff but I used to just sit there and, and just not say nothing sort of thing you know because I didn't want to be classed as this nutcase that needed to go to the, the crazy house sort of thing you know so for me I never used to say too much but they're always in the school and um, I know, know one occasion where I was playing I used to play a lot of soccer and I was coming home from the local park one day and I used to have to walk down this like alleyway to get to my home and I often used to feel like someone was really close behind me, like they were going to touch my shoulders sort of thing. So, and I could hear my voice, uh, name being called. So I stopped and I turned around and I couldn't see anybody. So I ran back up the alleyway where I came from to look to see if someone was mucking around and they hid behind a wall and, and kind of take calling my name from behind the wall. But there was nobody there. But they were that close to me. I could feel like they were going to tap me on the shoulder sort of thing, you know, because it was that strong and that clear sort of thing. So I couldn't ever dismiss that. Did you ever, was there any time you felt scared in yourself because you weren't sure what was going on? Uh, not really. I, I was kind of, I think I was fascinated by it more than anything, you know, because it's that feeling that, you know, you're hearing voices, you're feeling like you're never on your own, you're kind of constantly looking around the room when you walk into an empty room, knowing that there's something there. I, I'm really fascinated by that because there had to be a reason for it. So I never, ever got kind of anxious about that or scared of that side and, I think the only time I got perhaps anxious was whenever we, it was time for us to go to bed because, you know, walking up the stairs where we used to live, you know, we as we got up into the house, you could feel the atmosphere change quite often. And, you know, certain parts of the house, it was colder than others sort of thing, you know, with the atmosphere and the vibration. So that 
become a bit more anxious because we could sense that change as we were going to bed, you know. So mm-hmm. that's probably the only time mm-hmm. I ever really feared it, I guess, you know, got that feeling. Mm-hmm. But then I was still a kid as well. So, you know, yes. I didn't really understand yes. it. Did it help your brother once you, you know, your parents acknowledged your brother, um, acknowledged you, it helped your yeah. brother's? I look up, yeah, I think he did to a certain extent, but you know, um, I guess I'm the only one that's kind of carried it on and worked with it as I got older, I suppose. You know, but my my eldest sister, she's very, very strong psychic as well, very strong. You know, she's got strong energy, but she also shut it down because I think it affected her a little bit. It made her a little bit anxious, I think, with some of the things that went on, you know, in the house. Side yeah. But for me, it kind of I think it only kind of encouraged me even more to try and understand it and to look into it more, you know, for me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It'd be fascinating. It is fascinating. I mean, it sounds like you you would have had a very busy and interesting household. <laughs> oh yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, very. You know, especially you know, I come from a big family anyway, so I've got a lot of brothers and sisters. So we all lived in the house together. Then we had the spiritual side happening as well, sort of thing. And you know, so yeah, the house is always busy. There's always stuff going on in the house as well. You know, and in between that, we're trying to live a normal life. So it's not very easy. Yes. Would you say your mother or father was more open? Um, well, look, mum, mum was always, I think, um, frightened of it. I think mum was more scared of it. So they were both open to it, but mum was more anxious of it. So I think she would always try to deny it in the early stages, you know, sort of thing. But as she got older, she she nursed a few people that passed away with cancer, you know, who she come very close with. And, you know, she would, I think she would often have um, spiritual um, experiences with those that passed over. They come back to her once she'd feel them in some way. You know, so, so she certainly started to believe more. And also with dad too, he started to believe more because, um, you know, he couldn't, like I said, he couldn't deny it. He couldn't think, oh, you know, it's all rubbish because things were happening right in front of us. And he couldn't sort of say, no, I didn't see that sort of thing. And, yes, and that kind yes. of thing. So they both became more open to it, I guess, you know, as time went on. That's great. I mean, to have that change going on in your family, it must have bonded you all fairly even yeah, more, yeah, we were a very close family anyway, you know, we always had a lot of love for each other, but I think that kind of just uh, just cemented it really because of we're all going through the same thing and we're all kind of there supporting each other and we all yes, knew yes. that it wasn't imagination, it was it was real for all of us, you know. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> I mean, you hear lots of stories of people going through things and, you know, people, parents or family members disowning them because, you know, they yeah, yeah. what they do and, and so forth and what they say. So yeah. that was very fortunate for you in that sense. Yeah, yeah that's right, because it could, could have got easy gone the other way. I could have been outcasted, I guess, maybe, because of, you know, my own experiences. And, you know, there are some beliefs that think it's not good work, it's the devil's work and or whatever, and they do, they you know, they want to push you to the side because it's not, you know, you're not supposed to do it and things like that. So, but, yeah, I was lucky in that respect, definitely. Yes. Um, so, you know, obviously you, you have to go to school and finish school and so yep. forth. So at what age, what what made you decide to go to a spiritualist church? Okay. Okay, look, I think I was in my early 20s at the time. I reckon from the age of about sort of, um, I don't know, 11 to 16, it, it kind of slowed down a little bit, I think, because I was obviously just still going through my own um, growing up and things like that. So it's like I became more into my physical life again and focused on that side. But when I got into my early 20s, I was going through a bit of a rough time with my divorce and things like that. And my life was pretty pretty rough back then. I'd lost everything. I had nothing and, and that sort of thing. And, 
And I went to, um, I bumped into an old friend of mine that I hadn't seen for years. And him and his parents used to go to this spiritualist church on a Friday night where I lived in Essex. And, and he said to me, I should come to this place. He said, it's really weird, but it's good. You know, like he didn't really understand it himself. And that was his exact words. He said, they talk to dead people and they tell you all this information, what's going on. He said, it's really fascinating. So I think, you know, yeah, maybe I do need to go. So um, I went along and I sort of, I had this preconceived idea, you know, like the typical, like you do on TV, you walk into a room, all the lampshades are hanging down low. It's all dark in there and everybody's holding hands around the table and, playing all these funny things and singing and that so I assumed it was a bit like that but when I walked in it was really a nice surprise because it was just like a little community center there was really light the windows were open all the seats were in rows and things like that so I walked in and I kind of sat in the very back row thinking if, if something happened weird goes down I can get out the door pretty quick sort of thing because I was <laughs> near the door I just didn't know what to expect you know so anyway I just sat there and the uh, the lady was the medium for the night. She got up and did a, an address. And, and after a while, she's like giving the messages. And, and she's giving all this information to people. And I kept looking around and thinking, well, there's people standing there, but I can't see them. So I don't know where that must be what where she's getting the information from. So I still didn't quite get it. And then um, I got a message from my grandfather that's in the spirit world to say, you know, about doing this work. I'm going overseas to do this one day. And I actually got told off because I kind of laughed and was a bit disrespectful saying, oh, what rubbish. I don't even know the first thing about this, you know, even though I know spirit was there, I still didn't understand that side of it. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't understand that. I can't see that ever happening, me going overseas and all that sort of thing. But it kind of started the ball rolling for me in that respect. I think it opened up that door and gave me the opportunity to start looking into it a bit more. And then I started to understand, I guess, a bit more about myself and what I was going through too. Mm, yes yes and how many years did you you know go to spiritualist church before you decided to go to try the circle work oh look it was it's been 12 months it was within 12 month period if that long because yeah because the lady that actually run the church at the time she she um used to sit in circle with harriet uh, not harriet but um Gordon higginson back in the day like just sit in his circle and he's a very well-known um a medium of his time back in the UK and um, she used to talk about it more time sort of thing but she came up to me and she said to me you um, you'll be a very good healer and I said what the hell was that I don't know anything about it I've never heard of that before she goes healing is where you just stand you know you stand behind somebody you put your hands there wherever in healing channels for you and everything else so she said would you like to learn that and I said yeah I'd be fascinated so she took me under a wing and she kind of um, coached me and taught me to do healing you know and I really loved that because I often sense my guides kind of blend in and, and overtake in to do the healing side of it and that sort of thing. So I did that for about probably four years, maybe. I saw it was healing and everything else. So it's got to people's homes and every spiritual center I could go to do healing, you know, and that yeah. sort of thing. And in the meantime, the, Pat was the lady there and she invited me into a close circle as well, you know. So that's where obviously the understanding coming more. Like we did meditation, we did a lot of discussion talking about lots of things. We did psychic stuff. We did mediumship. There's trance mediumship. There's healing. There's lots of things went on in the circle. There was only five of us in the circle. So that's what gave me a really good foundation, I guess, for what I do to this day. You know, so it really set me up in a good way. Yes, I know how um, it's it's work that you have to do to, to yeah. do this type of work. And um, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, you know your mates and things like that how just how was that sort of what do you talk about with your mates you know can you talk about being <laughs> <Yeah>. a circle 
<laughs> yeah, it could be difficult, especially if you're playing football or something and you're on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, I guess, um, you know, with that side of it, I did keep that pretty quiet for a while because I, I was an electrician back then and working in the building industry, I would have been crucified, you know, sort of because it's very male dominated and macho men and all that kind of thing. So I never kind of, you know, I couldn't say to somebody, I went to circle last night because they'd be going, what the hell are we talking about? You know, so I could never share that with people as much as I wanted to, because it was uh, something exciting for me. Um, I used to do that. But, and I remember one time I, I worked for this earth moving company and there was a guy there was a big bikey dude. Anyway, I, this is a little bit later on. I was doing um, a show and I had it advertised in the local paper. And he comes in on a Monday morning, his big biker dude. He goes, oh, what were you doing last night? He said, I'm not even psychic. I can tell you what you were doing on the weekend. And I said, oh, no, here we go. My life's going to be hell. He's not going to let me live it down because he was a big guy and all that. Anyway, he goes to me, no, no. He said, it's all fine. He said, I love it. My mum loves it too, sort of thing. He said, so I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's from one person that you would never expect to believe in it. He did, you know, so... Often it happens that way, yes. you, know, so, you know, so I thought, oh, that's good. But, yeah, generally you couldn't say too much to friends as I was going because a lot of them just never would understand it or they would just kind of think you're a bit crackers, you know. So Yes. I mean, it, things have changed a bit, thank goodness, but, yeah. um, yes, it, it would yeah. have made it difficult. Being a, a guy particularly, yeah. you know, women tended yeah. to um, overlook that. But, I mean, that's the thing. Many people can surprise you and yeah. I guess – um you know you could be in certain places and you know sometimes they come to you when you're not expecting it to give a message yeah. where you feel a bit awkward about that you don't yeah. want to push yourself on anyone yeah. how do you oh. how did you go about yeah. that well it still happens to this day but you know I've, I've learned to set my boundaries with spirit you know firstly I'll, if i do sense that building up you know if it's something that's really really important or needs to be done for some urgency then I would feel that then I might be brave and do that but you know generally I I kind of go against that because it's not the you know you're pushing yourself onto somebody for a start you know and secondly you don't know how they're going to behave to that you know they might act really negatively towards that or or something like that so they're going to react a certain way to you you know and and also it's the fact that you need their need their permission really to be able to do that you know so I generally try not to do that anyway and on occasions where I've been in a shopping queue, supermarket or something like that, I felt someone building up behind me, like like husband or granddad or somebody, you know, and they're going, oh, can you tell me in front that's here and this sort of thing? And I can hear them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell them that. I'm not going to do that. You know, so I go, oh, please tell her because she needs to know I'm here. I'm like, no, I can't do that. You know, and I, I just think that my belief is that, you know, if spirit want to get a message to somebody, somehow they will try and arrange it that they perhaps connect with somebody to do that for a proper reading or or one-to-one or something, you know, but yes. to do it in public like that really, um, to me, it's not right. And I think sometimes that could be kind of taken for like a bit of ego as well, I think, you know, because you kind of, you know, look, well, look what I can do kind of thing, you know, with some people. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's, you know, not what it's about. I guess you would know if it was something that felt right at the time that yeah. was yeah. very urgent, you'd know. Yeah, and and I think you do. You get a good measure of people, and you in you know because of what I do, you is to me. I often feel their aura, their energy, whatever you want to call it. You know, so I know whether it's going to be okay or not, sort of thing. But but generally, I don't like to go down that track. You know, and mm-hmm. and I know yeah. in the early stages of my development, one of the ladies that used to sit in our circle, she was a fantastic medium, one of the best you could ever see. But Saturday afternoon, she'd be walking down the high street, stopping everybody and giving them messages, and and honestly, it's like. 
you think she would have known better. So I think it got to the stage where people got to know her and they would cross over, cross over the road when they saw her coming because they didn't want, you know, didn't want a bar of it sort of thing. So, you know, so she had a really good gift, but she didn't understand it or know what to do with it, I think, to some extent, yeah. you know. So for me, that's certainly a no-no in my respect. I would never do that to anybody, really, you know. So, no, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, just saying hello to a couple of people in um, the chat room, Moxie Life. Uh, great to have you here. And um, I don't know if you're open to this right now, if the energy feels right. Um, from Elaine, um, she's had a few experiences uh, knocking on her bedhead at three in the morning and waking her up. Um, she's sort of wondering <laughs> what is that about? You probably have that, uh, those sorts of things at all. Uh, yeah, it reminds me more, I guess, yeah, tappings on walls and yeah doors and stuff like this you know and and uh, i guess and sometimes lights would go on and off you know so they play around with the electric side of it as well so but mine's mainly been like wrappings on walls and things like that too you know and, and i know when we used to go into my first circle that i was in we'd, we'd all sit in the uh, teacher's lounge just for everybody to turn up and then we'd go but while we were talking often when we were saying something there'd be all this knocking on the wall all around us sort of thing you know while we're getting ready so the energy was really really strong in that side and often it's just to let them know come on it's time there because you know circle is very disciplined you have to be there like we have to be there by seven yeah. o'clock sitting down in their chair ready to work and often the circle would run two, three, four, even five hours sometimes. We, we never knew until we actually sat down with what we were yeah. going to do, you know. So often the rapids were about spirit saying, come on, it's time now or we're ready to go sort of thing. You so know? obviously <laughs> Elaine's getting some messages sorry, that um, yeah. she needs yeah, to look, um, move into something else, uh, I guess, or... I don't yeah, know, look, I think, yeah, look, I think sometimes with that side of it, it's always about getting our attention, you know, and I think that they're trying to let us know they're there on some level but sometimes too especially the way things are today it's kind of it's time of change for so many people and I certainly feel that's what's in this case as well you know but it's about taking notice of what's being shown to us by the universe you know and sometimes mm -hmm. if we're seeing the same patterns we're seeing the same things in front of us like whether it's number plates numbers birds whatever it might be if it's often happening there's always a message behind that and, and obviously with this wrappings that's going on with the headboard stuff it's obviously somebody trying to get through to let them know that they're there and say it's time to wake up to something or somebody around them and it's mm -hmm. about you know and I feel in this case also it's about um, I get a sense of kind of plans that we need we've been talking about for so long but sometimes we procrastinate in doing it or fear comes into it so we stop ourselves and, and I think maybe this is part of that that's needed for this person as in you know it's time to kind of Put your plans into action and get moving and make the changes you've been so talking about for so long but i do sense a a um, gentleman in the spirit world also connects with that as well an older man that comes in with that too forward and and, and i wanted to say dad but i'm not 100 sure yet because i'm not quite picking up on that energy that close but i do get an older man that draws close to that and it's somebody that wants to kind of let them know that they are still very much alive and well because there is these thoughts being sent out to this man from the spirit side from this person in some way so there is that connection there i feel um, with that side yeah it can be those things for, for elaine to sort of go and explore more and, and just be aware oh she's saying father-in-law <laughs> yeah oh, look he could be because but it is that says i certainly know as a matter sometimes for me when I feel that, when I get a father energy, you know, you know, yourself, father could be father or father in law, mm. and it depends on the relationship that we've had with that person too. So if he comes in feeling like a dad to me, then I feel that perhaps he was like that in life as well, that kind of person that was, you know, uh, 
a kind of guidance for us or somebody that was there to help us in some sort of way. But he's certainly a character, this man. He's certainly a, a funny man in his own way, a bit of a bit of a trickster or joker in his time, I feel. So he comes through with this real upbeat sort of energy there with him as well. And I just feel like he's bringing through reassurance as well to say, you know, things are going to be fine, you know, just kind of persevere with the changes and the issues that are going on at the moment and struggles to know it will get better as time goes on so it's just a matter of time before the sun comes back in again symbolically okay she was she's just confirming yes he was he must have been as you said a bit of a, a joker and um yeah so that's yeah. great so there you go lane <laughs> he's here today that's that's wonderful <laughs> that's great it, and it is interesting sometimes um my own experience um sometimes you people who come in um, can be not the ones you expect around yeah. you who are guiding you and helping you. Have you found that? Yeah, definitely. You know, it must come from other lifetimes. We've we've had so many relationships with so many of our soul group. Yeah, in, yeah, in different ways, yeah. You know? That's right. Yeah, because I think you know I, I believe that you know we we come back in other lives and things like that too. And often we may come back in the same um, soul group as well, but in a different way, different capacity. You know, like you might come through as a father in this one but the next one you might come through as someone's daughter to the same family or so we do i believe often we come back in those sort of group ways but at the same time when it comes to guides and everybody else too like we often think that it's the american indian or it's the buddha or it's the nun you know when often it's family members too that come back to guide us through our life because for me what better person to do that than those that have lived a physical life themselves and understand the struggles that we go through you know yes. so so often it can be grandfather it could be mum it could be an ex-husband it could be anybody sometimes to guide us through certain situations in life and and most guides will come and go in and out of our lives at different stages depending on what we're going through but I still believe we have one main guide that kind of works with us from the day we come to the day we leave here as well you know so yes. we, I believe we've all got that with us and and when it comes to messages you're right too we don't always get those that we expect it to be sometimes. It could be the nasty mother-in-law traps that's coming through, but you know, or the really bad fire or something like that in some way. But often that's because of this, there's a healing side to that as well, perhaps in some way, you know, and, mm -hmm. and often it might be just for that person that's here to kind of let things go or something on some level so they can move forward in a much lighter way for themselves, you know. So sometimes it it kind of works that way you know, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. But at the same time, spirit don't ever change dramatically when they go back to spirit. You know, it takes them time to kind of adjust to where they are and become more themselves again, I think, you know, in some way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously you, going back to you, though, for a moment, just experiencing all this and your own transformation as a human being yeah. doing this work, you know, you've obviously changed a lot in oh, definitely. yeah um, oh definitely you know and i, I think it, yeah you're right it, it, you can't do this work and not allow it to change you on some form you know you it doesn't change you because you're still that same person like personality wise i guess but it changes your perception of life and your outlook on life i think in many ways you know and for me it's like what what better way to know that you know that when we leave here, there's a much better place waiting for all of us when we return home and all the challenges that we go through in his life. And often we kind of think, why did I choose that? But it's always about that experience that those challenges brings that's important, you know, because it's the soul that needs to experience those things for whatever reason. You know, it's the it's the ego, the physical side of us that struggles with that, I think, in trying to understand that. And, and we kind of 
you know, we're hard on ourselves because we think, why do I put myself through that kind of thing? And we don't always know, but it could be on a soul level that we needed to experience those kind of things. So, so for me, I guess I, I've been through some really tough times, like we all have, but it's like learning from those experiences that have got me to where I am to this day and, and the person mm. that I've now become, you know, so it does change me a lot. I see life differently. I, I try not to sweat on the small stuff, even though I do sometimes because that's part of the human existence, you know, and I try to try to be positive in the best way I can. But there's also those times when I can be a little bit down as well, like we all are, because again, we're using that, you know, we live in that physical world sort of thing. So things are going to affect us, but I guess the ultimate thing is that, spiritually speaking, when you see a different aspect of life, you see things totally different. You you look for understanding in why things happen, you know, so we can under, learn from that and move on with that sort of way. And hopefully it makes us, I don't know, I don't say a better person, but maybe a bit more kind of um, grown from that experience in some way because that understanding that we get through the challenges that we go through. So, yeah, so for me, it's given me, it's kind of opened up so much to me in so many ways. And, you know, part of doing this work is developing yourself, which is through your life experiences too. So, you know, yeah. So obviously my life experiences has helped me to get where I am this day, you know, and we still go through challenges anyway, no matter what. Yes, you can't prevent it. I mean, the soul tends to have its own idea about what we go through, yeah, <laughs> not, not the human self. And it's no. like I'm shaking my fist and go, I'm not happy with this. Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get through it. But, um Yes. Um, oh, just one little thing. Moxie life. Uh, she gets a lot of butterflies in her yard of late. Do you see butterflies okay. as a uh, corresponding? Yeah. Thing? Look, I think sometimes you know, like I always believe, you know, like birds, butterflies, anything like that can often be like they say messengers from spirit in some sort of form or that sort of thing. So you know, often butterflies can relate to like new beginners again too. You know, it's that sort of thing because. For me, it's like they're, they've only got a very short time on the earth plane and they and they perhaps, I don't know, they spend their, their life just flying around with not doing anything but just fly from post to post in some way. So maybe that's also the personality of Moxie in some way that maybe, you know, it's about not kind of, it's about standing still now and, and thinking about what we want to do rather than kind of avoiding things in some way, you know, because sometimes we, we avoid things that need to be done or to be changed because we know it's not going to be an easy, easy task to do, but it's necessary sometimes for us to make changes for us to be happier within ourselves in some way, you know? So I certainly feel with butterflies, that's all part of that symbolically kind of message with that side as well. But it's also about connection with spirit and nature as well um, in some way. So it's like, it's a hello from heaven in some respects, but also it's a reminder to know that you are loved by so many people. And, and I, and I certainly feel with that connection, you know, I see um, a lady in the spirit world. And again, I need to go to mum's side of the family with this lady that comes in and she's somebody I feel that's quite kind of quite a, quite a lovely um, lady, a very compassionate lady when she was here on the earth plane. And she's somebody that wants to bring in that love for you at the moment, because you must need that or you need that nurturing at this moment as well. So, and I just feel it's that way of, sort of doing it where you see butterflies because then you you can't kind of ignore it because it's right in your face yeah yeah that's great yes exactly um i just thought of a question then it went out of my head that (laughs) but um never mind that's all right um oh one thing animals like um has it being a medium um opened your relationship up with animals at all in in terms of knowing do they who is around for them or do you see that differently or not? Or yeah. just oh, look, um, 
Yeah, look, when, when I'm, I guess, from a working point of view, when I'm working, I often will sense animals coming into someone's reading, you know, because animals have got a soul, you know, they're close mm. to us. We connect to them through love as well, and they give us that unconditional love. So they're never going to be too far away from us. So, yeah, when I am reading for somebody, I often will either see or sense a dog or a cat or even a budgie, who knows, you know, all kinds of things and animals from the, I don't know, farms and that kind of thing. So sometimes they all come in because they were part of that person's life somehow, somewhere. So, you know, so they'll come in in that respect with that side. And, you know, we've got two cats and a dog ourselves. And I think sometimes they will pick up on spirit around, you know, like they will act a certain way or they might look a certain way or into a corner of the room or they might just kind of, just have to be weird sometimes or even run off you know so sometimes I think they, you know because animals are very sensitive they're very much more in tune than we are because they're on a higher frequency so they would pick up on things so much quicker than us and and you know you know that by dogs where they react to certain people as well you know they can be they can bark at somebody but not somebody else so they sense the energy of that person sometimes you know so they are yeah. really in tune with that side you know so um yeah do you ever get uh, like for animals um do you get there someone around them for them um uh not not really because i guess i was working at one of the churches last night and i got one message and it was a different way to start because i had a german shepherd dog that came through and then this man followed the dog so they were together obviously when they were here and it turned out to be one of the ladies um father dad that came through and it was the dog that piped passed before he did but that dog was his life sort of thing because he had no one else you know so and it's really weird how that connection was made through the Alsatian dog the German Shepherd came in first and then the man followed and I was giving this German Shepherd to the audience and everyone was going oh I don't know that could be anyone and then this man walked in behind the dog and I said oh this dog got German just walked in and described him and everything else and then it fitted to this lady that was in the audience so it's just funny how that works but that's the only way I get so I, I get that in that sort of way you know I, I don't get like um I don't have a like, we'll take a dog for a walk I won't sort of um be near another dog and I sense somebody from spirit coming for that dog sort of thing it doesn't work like that for me in that way but there mm. are people that do that you know? yes Long, I did yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it would be yeah so um uh, Moxie's saying my dogs do sometimes stare behind me or something so, yeah anyway, what you said before made sense she said she said also so that's great oh, okay. um, yeah, because you know animals have souls and they, they yeah. obviously have people to beings to look after them i just but obviously you know that might be a more specified area of work yeah um, yeah. yeah i think so you know but i always think too that you know when when we lose our animals and everything you know they go back home to spirit but they get taken care of by our loved ones until we go back home then we all get reunited again you know so they're mm. they're just they're waiting for us but they're there with us all the time anyway and sometimes you'll get people that will say they've sensed their dog jumping on the bed the dog that's passed away sort of thing you know they'll feel their beds sort of going down at the yes. bottom or something yes. like that you know they often happen so yeah spirit are going to be around us as much as uh, the dogs the souls of spirits are going to be there for us as much as they can to let us know they're still part of our lives even though it's yeah. in the spirit right? you know that love that never breaks yeah do you do you find um like your obviously your belief around the afterlife and so forth and yeah. um the sense of humor that some of the spirit guides come in with um how that has helped you over the years in your life 
uh, with different oh, oh definitely yeah you know because like I was saying you know when when um, we all return back home to spirit we we don't immediately change we don't immediately grow wings and learn to play the harp up on a cloud <laughs> you know we, it doesn't doesn't happen that way you know we we're still that same person so we're still going to have that same sort of personality when we leave here to for a while anyway and I think there are some bits of personality that still stay with us and certainly those that have got that sense of humour will often come through, you know, with that sense of humour in some way. You know, they might say some really funny things that only that person, their loved ones could understand, you know, or something a bit crazy that only that person would understand in some way, you know. So mm-hmm. I think in many ways that spirit will always come through with that sense of humour and that sense of fun. And, and, I, and I love those because, you know, I've got that sense of humour on myself, so I resonate with that energy quite strongly. And I think that, you know, it shows also that, spirit um you know we're we're still human and they're still you know they're still human to a certain extent because of their sense of humor that they've got too and they really haven't changed that that dramatically in that way you know so they come through that way and and i know for me too uh, i've had some sort of uh jokers i like to call them jokers that come through and they just come through like they they'll change their hat sometimes or their face which tells me that you know they can be two different people they can be a really serious person but they've also got the the funny side to them as well and and often for me, I've, I've had spirits that kind of um, hide around corners sort of thing when I'm trying to reach to somebody and they'll poke their head out sort of thing, you know, when I've seen them in my mind's eye, just to try and kind of show that sense of humour that they've got, you know, and they're just macking around like a child does sometimes, you know, it's that kind of yeah. thing. So they will often yeah. do that at times. But it's just that humour. And I think, too, the humour raises the vibration. It makes it so much easier to work with in so many yes. ways. Yes, uh, really definitely. Does. Has there been anything that... Well, apart from people coming, your spirit coming up behind you in, you know, the yeah. shopping line, um, that you felt has been too hard to say, or you know, you've questioned anything that they wanted you to say at all. Uh, you know, there's not been too much of that because you know, I, I certainly trust what I get from the spirit world. You know, there's been times when I've not understood something, I've misinterpreted something. So then I'll go back and say, you know, what do you mean? Because that wasn't right sort of thing, or it doesn't feel right to me anyway, sort of thing. But there's not really been too many times like that. I think more I've questioned the living, to be honest, than the dead. That's what I think, you know, with with some of their things that they say or their motives in some way, you know, because I, I remember um, years ago when I first come to Adelaide, I, I did like a, a weekend at, at uh, I think it was Port, maybe Port Perry or something like that, somewhere in that area. I did a whole weekend there. I did a show on a Saturday night, and then I did like a Sunday full of readings. And and on the readings, is this little old lady comes for a reading. She sits down. She must have been in her 70s, I don't know, mid-70s. And um, she goes, oh, I've never had a reading before, so I'm really interested. So anyway, that's fine. So I started giving her, um, I started doing some mediumship, and her mother came through straight away. And and she's and the lady's going to me, but how do you know that? I said, because your mum's here and she's telling me. She goes, but my mum's dead. You know, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's the purpose of this to let you know she's not really dead. She's still here. Like she's still. And then and then the lady said, but you must be talking to Ali. And I'm like, oh, I don't. I've not been in Australia that long, and I don't know anybody by that name. And there could be like 300 people with that name in Adelaide. So I'll, no, I said, I certainly don't work that way. She goes, but but you must do because that's what she says all the time. I'm like, well, your mum's telling me that. She goes, but you must know her. I said. I don't don't know i really don't know who you're talking about anyway you know so this lady couldn't understand what it was really about and how it worked you know but at the end of it she said i really enjoyed the reading but she said but i still don't understand it i'm still not convinced but she got up and walked off you know so i'm like okay that's fair enough you know i couldn't couldn't do anything more than to give the evidence i gave for her in that way so she never really couldn't get her head around what it was all about 
that sort of thing. But that's fine, you know. That's that's what where she was at, and you know, what else I guess can you do? It, it teaches you to be able to um, just do what you have to do and let go because you, you yeah. trust so much. And I guess that would help a lot of areas of your life. Oh, you know, definitely. In that yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you do. Because I think you, you know, like I said, I, I, I certainly trust spirit wholeheartedly, you know, with whatever they give. And often I think when messages do go wrong, it's just in the t- interpretation of it, I think, you know, like we might misinterpret something. And that often it's because our mind's taken back over again, sort of thing. And it's kind of, put his own spin on it you know so sometimes it's just about misinterpretation but you know i truly think that what we get from spirit is always right in in, mm. you know, in the way it's yeah. meant to be exactly now i want to go back a bit to you also i mean yeah. you were awarded south australia psychic of the year in 2013 which was wonderful yeah so, yeah and i i feel you know doing uh, i know circle work is very intense and you have to be really committed so you had to work at getting to where you need to be. So, you know, would you have any advice for anyone who feels that they would be interested, like they've, they've got some sort of gift or, or a knowing or something? Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's always good to, um, one of the biggest, um, my background also was about going to spiritualist churches in the beginning because that sort of, um, got me connected to other people, like-minded people, because there's nothing worse if you feel a certain way, but nobody can understand you. You know, yeah. when you go to somewhere like that, I think you you do, you kind of feel at home because everybody's got some kind of experience there on some level or they've got an interest in it. You know, and often people that go to these places are not people that are going to kind of attack you for what you think or what you feel. You know, they're there to encourage in the best way and try and encourage it to bring the best out in you sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so for me, that's always a good place to start because... You know, you do you go to that place, you feel safe, you feel that you're not on your own, you know, and often it opens up other avenues for you to connect with people that can actually teach you and explain things a little bit better in some way, you know. So, you know, and I, I kind of missed that at the beginning of my life, I think, where I never had people like that in my life to explain things to me. So, you know, and if I had that, who knows where I might have been today, but I still feel there's always a good place to start with that kind of thing, you know, and going along to see what it's like, understand what it's about, see different people working, talk to different people, you know, and if you can get into a circle, even better, because that's where I think it's so important that you're part of development to be in a circle, because that's where you do learn it so much, you really do, you know, and it helped me immensely with my work over the years with that side. In the UK, they're very strict over there, aren't they, too? Yeah, yeah, they are, you know, it's no wishy-washy stuff, it's all kind of no. This is what it's going to be, you know, that side. So, but I, I just thinking, yeah, certainly with that side, I was very lucky to be in that circle and have a really good teacher that had years and years of experience yes. and knowledge, you know. And it's important that you, if you go into a circle, that you have someone that's got that experience already because if you get yourself into some kind of bother, say if you're doing trance mediumship or something, they can bring you out of it pretty quick because they and they know what's going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's always important and, and you have to feel comfortable with that, the people you sit with too. You know, because it's all mm. together, because otherwise it won't work. Yes. So. Um, that was a question uh, I wanted to ask. You didn't, uh, you had experience or did some trance medium. It's not one you wanted to go into? Yeah, it's, 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 it's got, I guess it kind of happens to a certain extent when you're doing readings and maybe stage work or platform work, because it's blending of soul, you know, blending spirits together sort of thing. But for me, I kind of feel more minds with the, you know, the readings and, and the, I guess the stage stuff just, and also healing, I guess, you know, so for me, you know, I think that that's 
I, I like to think that's a bit more specialised for people to do that, you know, and people that focus on that side even more so, you know, and there's a lot of wonderful um, trans mediums out there too, you know, and um, but there's a lot of charlatans also jumped on that bandwagon, so there's both, you know, and, and for me, true trans mediumship is, is, is a wonderful thing to see and experience if you see it in its true form, you know, and that's also spirit appearing as well through that, you know, sort of thing, spirit building up to be part of that and moving things around. That's all part of that energy that builds up, you know, but that's very rare these days. You don't see much of that anymore sort of thing. You know, it doesn't happen oh. so much. No, I was lucky to experience uh, one such thing in um, Sedona in America you know, years ago, not quite 20 years ago, and he was a doctor right. that used to come through and walked into the space and the whole place was full of his energy. It was most powerful. Yeah, so and you feel that too, amazing. don't you? Yes, yeah. it was huge. Yeah, and that is real true, you know, transmediumship. It really is in, yes. its, in its best form. It really is yes. so yeah so i guess for me it's something that i've kind of never really pursued too much you know maybe later i might perhaps open it oh, i don't know you know who knows what's in store sort of thing so it might be something for a later time you know but i do often feel them build up quite close when i'm either i'm doing a meditation or i'm opening myself up for a reading or or doing stage work or something so it's mm -hmm. kind of similar to that but not quite it's only very very light trance if that's what it is Yes, right. Oh, I was just going to ask you, what do you feel, you know, for the future for Barry Gray? You know, is there something else you'd like to do as well or branching off from this? Or Okay, well, I've tried to work on the lottery numbers, but that's no good. So I've got to go, <laughs> go down a different way. What's wrong? Yeah, I'm not connected, obviously. But um, I, look, I, I still, you know, I enjoy doing my work. You know, I love reading. I love doing, I love audience i love crowd i love the group work as well you know i like to because for me it's like it's that energy that comes with that too where, where you know i really enjoy that side of it where you know when you're doing like a, a demonstration of say 200 people it's nice because you're reaching a lot of people in one for one go sort of thing you know and it's opening up people and often as i say to people they'll listen to what someone else is receiving for themselves often that could be for us too in some way you know so yeah. when you're in yeah. an audience and you're giving someone a reading it could that could apply to a few people but it's there to perhaps heal them on some level so for me that's why i really want to keep going with that side you know and, and work at that side of it even more because i i love that and i love the interaction with people like that too you know that you know so i've got a sense of humor when i'm working as well so you know i like to have that bit of banter with people because it opens things up and it also helps people relax a bit too i think to show i'm still quite normal inside you know, sort of thing as well as normal as I can be I guess you know so it was that normal side. I don't know <laughs> yeah definitely so yeah well, so that's what I like to do you know yeah no, I, I guess sorry go on so, yeah you know and I like to reach out to more people because I, I do have clients from I guess all over the globe really you know do zoom readings and everything else too so it's like it's reaching far and wide now with the work that I do in that mm. way but I do like to teach as well when I get the chance you know because for me like I I was lucky enough to have some really good teachers and I like to pass that on to other people too that, you know, could help them in some sort of way to help them grow or develop their work themselves or, you know, encourage them to do what they should be doing for themselves, you know, and that's be themselves and do the work that they should be doing, you know, because yes. we need a lot of people yes. at the moment to do that and, you know, nothing better than to encourage people really. Exactly. And, you know, I can speak from experience. I've done a course with Barry quite a few years ago and I've had a reading wonderful reading with Barry so I can certainly attest to oh, um, Barry's work definitely but you know also at this time you know that group work um, being needed so much to help so many people yeah. now 
yeah, probably it is. most, yeah. as you say, most important. It is, you know, and and like I, I still work at the spiritualist churches around the place too, because for me it's like it's it's about helping people, you know. I, I don't get into the politics side of churches and things like that, but what I like to do is just go and do what I'm meant to do, you know. And and it's nice when you see the people's faces light up when their loved ones come through, or you know, just they just feel um, they leave feeling uplifted for whatever reason, you know. So for me, that's what it's all about, you know. It's about helping people. It's about helping people heal on some level, and, and it's also about encouraging people too, you know, on some level to live the life in the best way that they can, you know. And and I think that's the best way we can do that is to lead by example with our lives, you know, trying to do the best we can when we can for everybody. Definitely, uh, that's all we do. We're only here for a very short time, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, that's I know. Time just flies. Um, it really does. And, it, you know, the, everything's speeding up and there's so much change. So, you know, having that gaining more belief in there is more than this, be here and make it work well, but there, yep. it's not the end sort of thing. It's, yeah, I feel it's yeah. so important and can help uh, give that strength and resilience to people when we're all going through things, the challenges. Yeah. That's right. And, and I think too, like I said, though, for me, it, it certainly gives me a different perspective on life sometimes, I think. And, and when I'm going through challenges, you know, my first instinct is to let my ego take over and, and then I start being hard on myself, you know, the physical humor side comes out. And then if I step back and look at it from a different point of view, I start to realize, oh, yeah, like I, can, I can sort that out this way and that way because I've seen it differently sort of thing. So it certainly does give you a different perspective on life in many ways. And, and you know, it's about like... Uh, I don't know, we, we don't judge people anymore or we, we, we accept that we are all different, but we're the same as well, you know. So and none of us are without our challenges in any way too because we seem to think sometimes yeah. people sail through life and yet we go through a lot of challenges in some way, you know. But in reality, we don't really know what their story is, you know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes with them either. So that's why it's always yeah. having that compassion and not judging people sort of instantly as soon as we see them. Yes, and I think that's such a huge powerful message because that seems to judgment goes in so many areas and creates so much and, and particularly now things are getting polarized and it's the judgment um, yeah it is yeah say. um and if there's any way that you we can you know break that down and you're doing it yeah. in your way yeah yeah that's right exactly you know and i think that you know, and, and people talk about being spiritual. And for me, being spiritual is purely being yourself. That's what I believe, you know, and it, it, that's what it's about. It's not about pretending to be someone else. It's not try, about trying to be somebody else. It's just purely being ourselves. But I guess with morals and ethics that come into that as well, you know, trying to be the best we can by leading by example. And I'm not saying we should just stand back and what, let people walk over us because we've got to honour ourselves and stand up for ourselves. But, you know, we can be that person that, tries to be a bigger person sometimes and shine a little bit of light into the darkness of someone's life, you know, that's the way it should be, you know, in the best way that we can do that, you know. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I'm, I would think that's the message that Spirit roughly <laughs> yeah. is trying to impart through you pretty well all the time in different ways, but at the core of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, and, and I think too, people have to realise that, you know, when, when we go back to spirit, you know, we all get like a, an assessment of our life that we've just left behind. You know, we look at all the things we've done and the things we perhaps could have done better and things that we did loving and caring and things we did not so loving as well, you know, and, and it's not about being ju judged for that. It's just showing us what we've done. And I think on a spiritual level, we would feel that quite deeply because we've seen it from a spiritual perspective rather than a physical way. 
you know so we we will judge ourselves in that way sort of thing you know but the people that i guess live a very materialistic life and very close to that side of things and spend all their time building up their wealth and maybe not not for the right reasons you know they'll you know, then they go back to the spirit world. Then suddenly, then they realise that that means nothing in the world of spirit. They can't buy their place up there. You know, they can't buy anybody to get a higher position, sort of thing. You know, so that's not going to mean anything to them in any way, shape, or form. So, in many respects, they they live their life missing the beauty of spirit in this world. I think you know, in that way, because they're so focused on the other side of it, they're not seeing the real, true self of, of life really in that way. You know. Yes, and you know doing the work that you do um that would bring that home more and more all the time and um, yeah yeah, it, yeah you, it does you know yeah you I think so yeah yeah i would agree you know, and, we, and, I, and i get we we have to live a physical life because we've you know we need to have we've got to pay bills and we've got to survive we've got to eat and we've got to get out there I, I get that side too but you know the other side of it too is that there's another side to us as well so we have to kind of have that allow that to come in a little bit somewhere along the line you know, to yeah. kind of have that balance in some way. Yeah, it's always important. Yes. I think definitely. Well, yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating subject that you could talk a long time. And so many different experiences. I, I know you'd have plenty more to share, but we're just about out of time. But I want to thank you so much, Barry, for coming on today. It's, it's oh, been it's great. been a pleasure. And no, honestly, I I just love the opportunity to do that. You know, and I'm always grateful for that. God, I can't believe that time's gone already. Jeez, it has, yeah. it has. Um, yeah. And we just had a few people in there today, but I'm sure we'll get more sort of watching afterwards. But you know, um, I want to share with people that you can find Barry on Facebook, on um, Twitter. Uh, Twitter and um, your website is barrygraymedium.com.au. It yeah. is in the chat room. Yeah. So reach out to Barry at any time um, and you won't be sorry at all. And, um, yeah, you'll certainly have some messages for them. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really thanking you all those who are with you today for being here as well. I have to thank them as well. And, yeah. Um, yeah pleasure so um uh, i've really enjoyed, so enjoyed this no, that's all right you know they say about time going quick when you're having fun so i know, I, that know. Yeah. Yes. I could have asked many many more questions but um so anyway i will say goodbye to everyone now and uh, thanks for joining us and you can catch you can watch this show uh afterwards as well it'll go up on the angel heart radio um facebook page and um so farewell from myself and Barry. Thank you yeah, again. Thank you. We'll thank you. you again soon. Right, Bye awesome. for now. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.